0: I felt like mothers aren't really accepted in the workplace or not expected to return. I had so many times people would ask me, um, oh, are you coming back to work? Are you coming back? Like, yeah, I'm coming back. Why would I not come back? Am I like done with my career? Because I'm having a kid? Like maybe some people do that and that's fine. They just assumed that.
1: Welcome to the Quintuerres podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it's your boy Pavel bringing you a very special episode with another very special guest. As a reminder, on this podcast, our mission is to redefine professionalism. We want to give you the representation of people being their most authentic selves and thriving so that when you go into work, you can feel a little bit more confident showing off that swag, that personality, the bright colors, whatever it is. Speaking of representation, the clip that you heard in the intro is with this week's guest, Daniela Slayton. Before getting into the full conversation, let me give you a quick little bio on her so that you have more context going into the conversation. So when Daniela co-founded Zulu Pods with her husband Rob, she was intentional about building a company that was going to revolutionize aerospace engineering. Yes, I said aerospace engineering. As one of the few Latinas in the aerospace engineering field. Daniela knew that changes to in the industry would only happen if she initiated them herself. For example, she has a deep appreciation for diversity and it's reflected in today's company culture that she has built. That said, a theme that's critical to her, as you heard in the intro, is creating an environment that supports new mothers in the workplace to get a full bio and learn more about ZuluPods and the work that they're doing within the aerospace industry. Be sure to check out the show notes or the show description, depending where you're listening to the episode. For now, let's get into the conversation. All right, so let's get into it, how we always start with the word authenticity. It's such a buzzword, yet I found that it means something different to everybody. When you hear the word, what comes to mind for you? What does it mean?
0: For me, it just means like being your true self, like not having any fake barriers up or... You know, it's, it's easy for me to say like the setting of in the workplace, because in the workplace, you tend to be like, you have to like have your shoulders square and you have to like sit up perfectly and you have to be like perfect so that people can take you seriously so that people can say, oh, yeah, OK, she's professional. She's credible. So I feel like that is not being very authentic um, at times. Like you there's still a place to be like professional. But when you start being fake and like trying to like bury yourself to be someone you're not just to like show that you're professional. To like, um, like I need to prove myself. I need to prove to them that I'm professional. That's when you start to like lose the authenticity. Like an example would be when I started, uh, when I had kids,
1: um, before you, before, to the example (laughs) first. Yeah. We're going to get into the work experience. But I think that authenticity is shaped so early in our lives, even like way before we even step foot into corporate, right? Like I think Growing up has so much of an influence on what authenticity is to us, right? So you said a couple words like fake and even like being taken seriously. All right. Tell me about growing up. Was it easy to live in that definition of authenticity?
0: Yes, it was easy. Um, I think it was easy to be myself because there was no one else I had to prove myself to, you know, like growing up, um, like my parents, my grandma lived with me for a while I am a family of, like, five siblings, so, like, all of us are together, and I could truly be who I was in front of my family at home. Um, And I think there's something about having a twin sister. You know, she's always there with me in school, everywhere, and that's, like, a part of my home to me. So, like, I could always be myself because I always had her around. And it's really seeing, like, a mirror image of yourself. So, we we would always have each other. So, I always felt like a piece of home was with me. So I did feel like I could always be myself, growing up, throughout school, until college, when we separated, we went to separate colleges.
1: Was that difficult for you?
0: It was, because she stayed local to like where my parents lived, but I moved away like three and a half hours. um, And like not being with my sister was like a really big deal for me. It was like, I have to be like myself. Like maybe that's also where I learned like how, who am I really like without anyone else? You know, so college was like a big learning experience for me. Not only, obviously, time management, budget management. What am I going to do with all my free time? Um, What do I want to do? What do I choose to do with my free time without having that, like, crutch with me? You know, like that family member, that piece of home.
1: For, for you going away to school, do you think there were any expectations for you or as far as, like, how well you would do, what you would study from, like, family?
0: No, never. Like, there wasn't really because... It was more of an expectation put on me from like myself because you know, I came from like humble beginnings and I knew that I didn't want to live paycheck to paycheck like myself, I didn't want that for myself and like the future of like my family. So I would look through like my course catalog. I didn't know anything about professions or careers. Like I, when I was younger and I would have kids tell me like their parents are like dentists or lawyers. Like I thought they were celebrities. Like wow they're like a dentist and a lawyer you know um so then I was like what do I want to be when I grow up I want to be something that um that is like credible that people are like wow like she's like smart um she did something and I didn't want to be in school forever I didn't want to be like a doctor that was like too much school for me I want to just hit the ground running and I liked math and that's how I chose like engineering
1: well, I'm the same way. Like, my mom was very easygoing when it came to academics or even professions. Like, she just wanted me to graduate, and she just wanted me to, like, have a self-sustaining job. But she never pushed me in a way where I think a lot of immigrant families push their children as far as, like, go be a doctor, go be a lawyer. Like, I wanted to go into investment banking at first, and so she was like, yeah, cool, that's all, go for it. Engineering. I'm, I'm thinking you sort of, like, going into a classroom, would you say there was a lot of people that looked like you in those engineering classes
0: no for sure that was like my intro into corporate america like but i was fine like in school it was like okay it was i was the only girl in some of my classes only girl in my senior design group
1: even wow the only girl so i so even before the cultural aspect just like there were just all men
0: Yes. there was like i mean there were some women obviously there were some girls but a lot of the classes were I'd be the only girl, maybe there's one more, but I was like, I, I think I, I was okay with it because I'm like, whatever, I'm I'm going to still keep doing this because I'm, I, I like what I'm doing here and I want to stand out and I want to do well. I want to show people that even though I'm the only girl, I can still do well and be a top performer in class. But then when you, when I worked, when I started work and then I was the only girl or the only woman or the in the group or, or in the, I guess, group, it was different because then I felt like it was like frowned upon or like it was like you don't fit in you know there's some comments that like I had come across where people people would say like you don't know this yet or I was an intern at that point and they'd be like you don't know what the definition of this is like what school do you go to because I went here and and they taught me in this time and I'm like okay like maybe I didn't go to an ivy league or maybe I go to like the top best school of, of engineering but like I still know what I'm doing but that has a lot to do with like my self-doubt and like how that like trickled into like my mind um the culture of like being the only woman or maybe being younger or minority like I don't I can't really pinpoint what it was but just like standing out and being different and then being like told that you don't know stuff you don't know the way it should be I think that did like a lot of damage like my self-confidence um early in my career
1: it's interesting because in school the expectation is that none of us know anything everyone's learning together right mm-hmm. like point of school is supposed to be education literally we're all studying the same thing to learn something but it sounds like when you started working there was this expectation that you should already know it and no we're not here to learn we're just here to do
0: yes i definitely felt that and experienced that and that's just i hope that like now um you know with like my own company that we don't put that on like the younger employees Because I was that young employee once, and I know what it felt like. Yeah, even just speaking about it, I saw like your post about. I think it was something along the lines of, if you don't like speak about it and be true about your story, like you're missing out on like another person hearing that, and they may feel like, well, maybe I'm the problem. It's not you are the problem. Maybe it's just like the the way that things are, the culture of work in corporate America. It's not like the individual themselves. Because I thought for a long time, can I not know? I said so much hours study like do I don't know this I'm such a dummy but it wasn't that it was because I'm not a senior engineer with 30 years experience yet like of course I wasn't I'm not going to know that but I felt like I was expected to know that I should know that it was such hard expectations for me to have to know that and if you don't know that like what are you doing here
1: speaking of sort of the, these experiences and, and who do we tell about it like who did you tell if anybody
0: no one really because at that point I was in another state so I wasn't even near family I I didn't have like that relationship where I always talked to my family and yeah it was kind of lonely so it kind of like lived with me.
1: Yeah and that's what I always try to tell people too like even if we are comfortable telling our family we could tell them but they're not going to understand right because they've never been in the rooms that we've been in Mm -hmm. and I always tell people too like even if you got a best friend and they have a cool job it's very different than like being an engineer and you being the only woman in a specific office like Even that, like that level of relatability there. Right. And then, all right, your coworkers definitely can't tell them. Right. Because like, yeah, it kind of like competed
0: with them. So like you don't want them to know that you feel self-doubt, you know,
1: it's a big challenge. I'm curious because you started talking about the impact that it had on your maybe like self-esteem. You started getting self-doubt. Like how did some of those early experiences impact how you showed up? to work
0: yeah I think that goes back to trying to be someone you're not and trying to be fake I felt like people didn't believe that I could do something people didn't believe that I had the ability to complete a task that I had to always prove 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 and go above and beyond above and beyond um to show them like yes I do know how to do this like put in that extra work to make sure that everything was was detailed right even like in writing an email so like a colleague would be over my shoulder yeah just write an email to this person and I was like, okay. And I'm like, hey, excavation point. I'm like, wait, maybe I shouldn't do that because he's right behind me. Or, you know, like, maybe I shouldn't. Like, how do I write this email in, in a professional way that they're going to think is fine, too? And it's like the overthinking, the overthinking of, like, writing an email. Like, even that <laughs> yeah. was, like, scary and intimidating
1: for me. I remember having the same experience. Like, I was writing an email, and there was... Um... Not my manager, but just like a colleague literally over my shoulder, too. And I don't remember if I put an exclamation point, but I might have just like phrased something in a way of like, hey, would you please be able to get this over to me in a question? Right. And he was like, no, be more assertive. You say essentially like get this over to me now, essentially. And I was like, oh, my God, like that's how you want me to write an email. You know what I mean? Yes.
0: And I'm always like the person's like, please, or, or question mark. And they're like, or like, I'm like asking for permission for it. And they're like, no, just like ask for it. And I was like, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I think the people that tell us that, like, they don't realize the differences in how perceptions work around, like if they would send the same email that they said, get it to me now, versus if I sent the same email or you did, like we're aggressive we're assertive we're like all these sort of words and i think that doesn't get taken into account as well
0: yeah especially being like i mean all the things younger woman minority like i have to think about those things and like is it gonna make me feel is it gonna make me sound too like nice because i'm a woman or I'm a minority is it gonna make me sound like i'm not i don't know the level of give or you know all, all these other things And like what i have to make sure that it's in tune with like everyone else's lingo Level of uh, professionalism.
1: Yo, that's exhausting though. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of just being awesome. Yeah, I always say, like, I was a full time actor on top of my full time sales (laughs) role, (laughs) you know? But speaking of acting, and and you mentioned faking it a few times, like, to what extent in other ways do do you think you started not being yourself at work?
0: Um, Well, the way I wrote emails, um, probably communication, the way I communicated with people. Body language, like you what? Dress. <laughs> you had know, like body
1: language. Oh, how you dressed like, too?
0: Stand up straight. Maybe because you know, I am like a younger woman coming into like you know some some of my cube may maybe ready to retire. You know, they've been in the times when there were no computers, there were no anything. So like they dressed like the normal nine to five, like how it was back then, and there was like a huge age gap. Either there were younger people like interns starting starting out people or older ready to retire so like
1: that's such a big gap
0: yeah big gap <laughs> so like i'm like in college it's okay being the only woman or because you kind of have something in common you have like age and you're all there learning together and coming going to like another state going to like this working world where it's like such a mix of like different ages, different groups, different levels. I didn't know how to like fit in and find common ground with them, you know? You so you? maybe maybe I wouldn't dress as louder than I normally would or, um, you know, because be dress not? sometimes can be an expression like colors or it could be who you are, like fashion. And maybe I would tone it down so I wouldn't be, and I'm sure this happens to a lot of people. So you wouldn't like really stand out, you know? You don't want to like, you already stand out. I already felt like, Everyone's looking at me like they know I'm like the young intern or work or the young employee we just started. Now I don't want them staring at me and being like, I don't know you create stories in your head like who does she think she is? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well what are some of those colors where you were like, Yo, I love me a a, a burgundy outfit. Then you were just like, ah, oh, all right, let me wear the navy blues and the blacks. Like, do you remember there what be, some like, of those
0: pants with like um, you know, different uh patterns on it? Um Maybe like bold patterns and I'm like, maybe not, maybe on a Friday, <laughs> not like a Tuesday or Monday, <laughs> like
1: that even. But I think it's also fascinating, this idea of you said it, you're like, I was telling like, this is a story that I was telling myself. Right. And I think there are two experiences and they don't have to be mutually exclusive, but there's the story that we tell ourselves that we just like make up based on our own previous experiences or the experiences that even our family maybe has faced or there are literally people that tell us that outfit is too bold that outfit is too colorful that outfit is distracting like which one of the two do you think it was for you
0: so there's also a backstory to this so when i first started um pre-internships i joined this um this like i think it's a nonprofit group or organization and they help um minorities get internships with like big companies so you kind of go through this like workshop and they teach you, which I like that I went there and they teach you like how to build your resume, how to be professional, how to have professional etiquette, how to, you know, speak professionally. So like, they kind of like mold you into this perfect little intern, professional intern, which I was very thankful for because you do have to learn these things sometimes depending on like your background.
1: I'm so (laughs) curious what they taught you. And I've been through similar programs.
0: Yeah. They teach you, you know, how to maybe dress like maybe, um, (laughs) like for example when I worked um at Disney you know like they teach you don't have color on your fingernails like just have natural or nude men don't have too long of a beard um women don't have loud earrings just like studs or small earrings your hair you can't have like a mohawk or you can't have neon colors in your hair rainbow colors in your hair like all of that so maybe all of that shaped my thought of what professionalism is or how People perceive you as professionalism. You will hear it all the time with first impressions matter and they do, but it doesn't mean you have to like not be yourself. You can still be yourself in the first impression. You don't might not have to wear a suit and tie the first time you meet someone. I wouldn't. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, and they and they was that kind of like part of uh like orientation like when you started the internship there
0: no that was part of like this um this organization this nonprofit to help they specifically help minorities um oh, gotcha, get yeah. internship mm-hmm. so maybe there's this perception that we don't know how to be professional I don't know but I joined it and <laughs> it's because I joined it because I'm like I want to get an internship with a good company and this seems to help you so I did that.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I went through a similar experience, not with that program, but I, I went through it in school. So I went to an all boys Catholic school in South Bronx and uh, they would have rules around how to dress. So I had to wear uh, a blazer and a tie every day with slacks, you know what I mean, uh, with dress shoes. And there was a hair policy. So they didn't allow students to have what I would call traditional black hairstyles. No afros, dreads, braids. Uh, you could have like a part in your hair. Beards, nothing below the earlobe. All you could have was a mustache. So I was rocking a mustache, <laughs> and it kind of was the same thing. It was looking back at it, it was kind of like this factory to train you on how to be, to your point, like this perfect intern. And I kind of cringe thinking back at some of those experiences. Like, I agree that first impressions matter, but we often think about the first impression from the person receiving the impression versus giving the impression. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, why is it up to us to change in hopes that the person looking at us is going to have a positive impression of us versus the person looking at us being educated enough to check their own bias around how we're dressed? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't know. I struggle with that. What the hell does a mohawk have to do or like what the hell does the color of your nails have to do with how professional you are? But at the same time, like, I don't know, maybe it's a chicken and egg problem around like, well, who do you focus on? We need to get these jobs. Let's just make sure they get their foot in the door and then they can figure out authenticity. Or do we train people that look like us our entire lives to fake it? Is is weird. Mm. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Or is it like, um, like I mentioned, this was specifically for minorities. Like, is it because, I don't know, like society knows that minorities may not have had many professional people in their lives. Yeah. So they want to teach you like, well, this is the world of professionalism. This is what you do. But then why does that equate to professionalism? So it's like, right. I don't know.
1: <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Because if you look up the definition of professionalism, it's just defined as a skill or competence expected of a professional. Like nothing in that definition says how someone looks, right? Mm-hmm. But if I put up a picture of little Wayne, face tattoos, threads, <laughs> all like gold grill, chains, people will look at him and say that he's unprofessional. But what they're really saying is that they don't believe that someone that looks like him has the skill or competence expected for that role. Mm-hmm. Which is fucked up, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, All right but here you are sort of like faking it and doing what you got to do in many ways to like really just survive right like i mean when we get a job it's not only to hold us down sometimes it's like support our families and everything Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. but eventually from my understanding you start feeling a little bit more comfortable even courageous being yourself Mm -hmm. but i think for most of us we don't just completely show up as a different person one day i think it comes like incremental little steps For you, what was that first thing that you started doing that was like, I need to start doing this to feel a little bit more like myself?
0: Um, I think dressing. Dressing more like how I wanted to dress. I think it starts with the people who you confide in at work. Um, When you find that other person that you're like, okay, like they're more lax about the maybe professionalism. They're not, you know, because some people, they're professional with you and then you go out to like a happy hour or something and they're still professional. You're like, whoa, this is really you. (laughs) But then other people, you're like, oh, okay. And I can, like, kind of be a little more myself with you. And and that's when you started feeling like, okay, like, they can dress like this and they're still being taken seriously. Maybe I can do that too.
1: So it sounds like you saw representation potentially that kind of gave you permission to be like, oh, shit, well, they're doing it. Maybe I can try it.
0: Yeah, like, they have um employee, I guess, called resource groups where they have, like, yeah, so go into, like, some of those, you know, everyone's like, you should go. You should go and like, um, you know, they have like potlucks or whatever. I was like, maybe I will go one day. Um, and then always like when the new intern classes come in, because they were so diverse and they were still young and they were still like, they don't they don't have that uh filter of oh maybe I should be professional because they haven't hit them yet maybe. So like whenever that wave of like the summers the interns came, I'm like oh like maybe I'll blend in as an intern and, and like I can dress whatever whatever way and people want to think differently of me
1: yeah well tell me about the thought process because i think we all have it right so you referenced sort of like how you dress and attire is the first thing that you started to test right Mm -hmm. so walk me through the scenario you're getting dressed you're like fuck it today i'm wearing those bright pants right (laughs) but in your head what was your inner voice telling you like what if maybe just a new yeah Yeah. tell me about all of those questions you were asking yourself and and then after the question how will you receive that work
0: yeah I think um it's definitely telling yourself like you create stories in your head so it's probably more of me creating stories in my head because I'm just such an overthinker and I'm like I'm thinking about what is everyone gonna think I'm thinking about is it okay I almost like laugh for me I don't know like it's so weird like is it okay and then I go and I'm like I get like the anxiety like is everyone staring at me? Am I being like a distraction? And I already feel like that. Being being a minority woman, already feeling out of place. Like I'm displaced. Being in a state that I'm not used to, being in a climate that I'm not used to. So I already feel uncomfortable. And now I'm like, I'm feeling more uncomfortable when really I'm just trying to do this so I can feel more comfortable being myself, you know? Like I want to wear these things and and sometimes wearing different clothes, is like a representation of like, oh, who you are. You choose to w- to wear what you wear. You know, so yeah, I'm like, well, are, are people gonna think like I'm distracting because I'm wearing this? Are people gonna think like, who does she think she is? She can like not dress business casual, she can wear whatever she wants. Yeah, more of a like, who does she think she is? When really it's like just a story I created in my head.
1: Yeah, all right, well, there's a story you created in your head and then there's a reality. So what happened when you walked into work? Like how, how do you think, <laughs> uh, really?
0: <laughs> like nothing, maybe somebody was like, oh, those are nice shoes something i wore like green shoes one day which is like not normal right Either they were like black or tan but they were pretty vibrant green and somebody was my cube mate was like oh those are cool shoes I'm like thank you and then i'm like maybe i'm overthinking this
1: <laughs> yeah well that's the thing too i often tell people the stories that we tell ourselves and create in our head they're often worst case scenarios rarely i mean even like in all the anxiety and thoughts that you were having not once did you say yeah People are going to love this fit. You know what I mean? People are going to ask me where I bought them. Like, we don't <laughs> tell ourselves that. No. Never. That's true. Well, You
0: not think right. about the worst case, the bad things, because you're, like, anxious. You're, like, uh, anticipating. What am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if, like, everyone's watching me? Like, do I leave early? I don't know.
1: <laughs> exactly. Do I leave early? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you were received positively, which I love that. Tell me about a time where you think your authenticity and, and it was met with some resistance.
0: I think that would be when I started having kids, um, because for me, that was important to me. And that was something that, you know, I would have like my ultrasounds in my notebook and I would have, like, I want to talk about it. Cause that's like a big milestone. Like that's part of me. I have a human in my body. Like, it's like so excited. And I want to like put a little picture up or, you know, it's a boy or something, you know, um, and, and tell people, people, don't really care about that, you know? And it's like, even though it's important, it's part of me, it's just like, oh, okay, that's cool. Next on the agenda. Uh only one time this um well, I distinctly remember one of my like cube mates, he was older and he saw that I had the ultrasound in there and he was like, Wow, like I just want to take a moment to like, congratulate you and tell you like all of this stuff's at work, like that doesn't matter. What's there, like that's gonna matter in your life. That's what's gonna matter at the end of the day. And like I take that with me still to this day. I'm like, that was so Powerful for me in a time where like my family wasn't there and like I didn't really have that much support for like this big milestone in my life. That meant that went so far for me, and I I still remember that six years later.
1: I I love that. Shout out to that person, and and tell me a little bit more about the experience, like when you do find the courage to open up, right, and talk about because people ask you like, oh, how was your how was your day? how was your day, how was your weekend, all these sort of things, and then and there you are sort of like sharing this very intimate proud moment for yourself it sounds like you were like dismissed but i'm sure like you weren't the only person that was asked like about their day or their weekend or what's going on in their lives did you feel like other people were allowed to share more and their sort of activities were more accepted versus yours i'm just trying to get like a comparison of well
0: i think like with your own cube you know like with the own people that you see every single day you see them more you're there more than you are at home sometimes you know like and you're with the same people so like with them I felt comfortable sharing anything. It's like when you go to a meeting with someone across the hall knows nothing about you. You're like talking about this and you're like, oh, they don't really care about this. They don't care about Yeah. Human things or, or outside of work thing. They only care about work. Which yes. I guess that's the culture some places. But I enjoyed talking about things outside of work too, like making small talk. Um, because that's what connects you as humans. You know, you're talking about something you did over the weekend or a concert you went to or a restaurant you went to or something. And that that helped me connect with people. Yeah. And then for people who didn't, like, care, or just like, okay, that's cool. Next. It was like, wow, they're so, like, cold. To me, it felt right. Like-
1: right. Well, it's interesting because that reminds me of a time when I was at Facebook. My manager, like, one of my early one-on-ones, he was like, yo, people are saying you're unfriendly and unapproachable. I was like what i was like first of all am am i doing a good job at work he was like yeah, yeah no things are good but i want you to be i want you to make friends with your coworkers. and i was like i was i tried to explain to him i was like i tried yo you don't know how much enthusiasm i fake when they tell me about their activities and i think <laughs> in my head i kind of expected the same level of like fake enthusiasm or even just like interest because sometimes i i am interested right like if they i feel like most of the time when white people tell us stories about their lives at work, we are interested, or at least we put up a front that we're interested. Whereas whenever I would talk about my experience, it would be like a period. It'd be like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? And I'd be like, oh, you know, I went out here, here and there. They'd be like, oh, cool. All right, so uh, what about that presentation? Like, are you still working on it? Where for me, I feel like, and I don't know who started this, but I feel like we've been trained to continue the conversation so that they can think that we like them. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I get, cause like, you know, I
0: get that. We don't,
1: we, cause we don't want to be labeled unfriendly. We don't want to be labeled unapproachable and all of those things. Like, and the craziest part about those labels was that the only reason I got those labels is because at Facebook, like you can work from anywhere, right? Like they have this open space concept. So I would work from like the cafes and the, in the kitchen areas and these little nooks that you can just like find throughout the office. And like, I was doing that one, cause I like working independently, but two, I was tired of being dismissed in my cubicle yeah. area sort of thing. <laughs> because every time I said what I was doing, it was just, like, end of conversation.
0: hmm I've, I've had those experiences, too. Um, yeah, because I... And you're right. Is this something, like, we're trained to, like, keep the conversation going? Because, like, I don't want to sound dismissive or rude. I don't want to be rude and, like, not be interested in, like, right. someone's life. If they're, if they're taking the time to tell me about it, I'd right. be like, oh, okay. Like, I want to, like, ask a little more and, like, get to know them that way. But I, I have had experiences, like, maybe... Like I'm talking about when I when I got pregnant or even afterwards that people just stop when I when I talk about things and and it's a period instead of a keep going.
1: Right. Period instead of that comma. Mm -hmm. Wow. How do you think being a mother has impacted how you show up in the workplace?
0: Oh, it's definitely made me feel more like I could be myself and more authentic.
1: Um, Really?
0: Yeah, because now maybe it's just because I feel like um, maybe I, I identified with like just being an engineer and like I only cared about how I looked like that. And now I'm like, well, there's more to life than just work. And, like having a kid made me realize that like, you know, you go to school, and you study and you go right into internships in the summer. Then you go right into working like there was no break. But like having a baby made me take a break and it made me pause and made me think about him things you know i had postpartum depression after my first so like there's so much like emotions going on at that time and like reflection then you come back to work and um i felt like mothers aren't really accepted in the workplace or not expected to return i had so many times people would ask me um oh are you coming back to work are you coming back like yeah i'm coming back why would i not come back am i like done with my career because i'm having a kid like maybe some people do that and that's fine they just assumed that
1: how did that make you feel sort of like those questions being asked
0: the culture of a woman coming to work is not really i don't know if accepted or not really um prevalent in the workplace there maybe a lot of people do go and have kids and not come back but that wasn't my norm because it wasn't just one time It was a lot of times people asked me that and even when i came back you know there's certain things like you know i had to like keep pumping and and that was kind of like where's daniela where is she and i'm like i put it on like my calendar you guys know like it's not like i'm gonna do this forever but for a time being i just had a baby three months ago yes i'm still like pumping. i have to feed them for when they're in daycare or i have to go out to a doctor's appointment there's so many doctor's appointments in the beginning and like that wasn't understood like that wasn't they weren't okay with the flexibility that i needed at the time and i'm just like um just give me this flexibility and like i will give you the best of me if you allow me to be the best like i need yeah. Maybe a little bit of flexibility, or I need a little bit I'm not gonna have kids for the next twenty years, but this mm-hmm. is the milestone that I'm having right now, so like just please work with me, and then I can continue working with you and and you know what I mean what, what sort feel of like
1: what sort of feedback did you get when you started it sounds like you were trying to put up boundaries as far as just like your time and your bandwidth,
0: yeah, like uh do I have to like if my son got sick and I had to go pick him up, you know, think about your first time mom. You just got back to work. Uh, daycare sends you a picture that your baby has an allergic reaction. There's, like, redness all over his face. And I'm like, whoa, I need to go pick him up. So I'm like, but what do I do? Like, I don't want my boss to think I just left. Like, I, let me write them an email. And then you come back and they're like, whoa, you just left yesterday. It's I was like, well, I, I wrote you an email. Like, I had, like, an emergency. And they're like, next time, try to come and find me first. And I'm like, what, well, do I need permission to leave? Like, this is like a human we're talking about. A baby, not like, um, it's something that I I need to go handle. Um, Even before I was pregnant, uh, maybe like doctor's appointment and dentist appointments. Like, oh yeah, you really, oh, you're gonna be out for that? I'm like, yeah, I need to go to my physical. Like, I don't know what to say. Like doctor's offices are open Monday through Friday, nine to five. It's gonna be (laughs) very work hours. I'm sorry. Like, what do you want me to do? Like time off was such a like pain to do. It was like frowned upon. You're taking so much time off almost.
1: Yeah do like
0: normal human things like go to the doctor or take your child to the doctor like that's something that you have to do
1: yeah that's unfortunate and i've had other mothers on the podcast <laughs> there was one in particular that stood out to me uh a mother returning to the office like literally it's kind of like in in a in a comedy show not a comedy show it's kind of like one of those sitcoms where someone walks into the club and and the dj like stops the music like what the <laughs> People literally turned around and gasped the fact that she that came that she back. back. Yeah. And not only that, but no one expected her to be back to the point that like they even gave away her office. <laughs> yeah, it it was it was really interesting. And but something else in that episode that really stood out to me, too, it was this idea to her that have like becoming a mother was the big moment for her that made her realize that she needed to stop faking it because one day her son like it got to the point where the outfit like her son knew who she was about to meet with at work depending on how she dressed up so her son would be like oh you're meeting you're meeting like a like a rt crew today okay oh you're meeting finance people today right aren't you okay (laughs) and like eventually the son was like mom like i see you change every day depending on who you're gonna meet with like do i need to change who i am Mm. and the mom's like oh shit the example that i'm presenting to my son is that in order for them to take you seriously like you were saying earlier i need to look a certain way you know what i mean like i need to Mm -hmm. even like on the phone to be like i need to speak a certain way because the son was you know or just around and speaking right is that a thought process for you is that a little bit of pressure to be like i got i gotta show up just how how i am because people are watching
0: yeah yeah it is too like especially now like my son is older yeah definitely he, he make maybe comments about...
1: Oh, um, <laughs> he calls you out? You know, like, yeah, like, where
0: are you going? Are he's going to the office today? Which office are you going to?
1: <laughs> There's a ton of growth, obviously, in you from, like, when you started working to now. And now you're in this interesting part where you're building, scaling your own company. And I'm curious because you are also talking to other people to try to get their help, right? In mm-hmm. like, sometimes venture capitalists and trying to raise money. Do you revert back to who you were when you first started working and faking it because of the pressure that comes with like trying to look a certain way. What are they going to think? Are they going to take me seriously if I wear a certain pattern pants or are you still just like comfortable in the situations?
0: So that's, that's interesting. So now I would say I'm more comfortable being myself. And even like, like I bought a suit and it was like purple really loud. And I'm like, but I love wearing it. I love wearing what I want to now because I'm not maybe I feel like I'm not constrained by someone looking at me and saying like who does she think she is and sometimes like when when I do speak to like you know VCs or we're having like a a meeting with someone it depends on who's on the if there's another woman on the call then I feel like I can be myself but there's all men then I feel like I have to be like a man like professional short cold I can't be like laughing about something or or you know when when you're talking you're just like you're yourself you're like mannerisms or your body language or when you laugh at something or you know you're just naturally like smiling because you're like in a good mood and happy sometimes when i'm talking to some people if they're like all men especially in like the scenarios we have like maybe they're like ex-military i feel like i have to be like cold not show too much emotion and i don't know if that's just like a me thing or if that's just like the general like i know that it may not be well received so i just don't waste my time and i'm just cold
1: yeah well, I appreciate the vulnerability and, and the openness because we're all still figuring it out. We're all still growing. And yeah, no, this was this was dope. Let me just end the recording. gente, that wraps up another episode of the Game podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please do us a favor, like, share, comment. Wherever you're listening to this, please leave us a review. It's only going to help us in the algorithms to ensure that these stories and experiences get heard by as many people as possible because that's the only way that we're gonna redefine professionalism. Yathu Sabet, see you next week.